My name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies, and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share, and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening, and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. Hello, lovely listeners. It's Angela. Now, on the day that I interviewed David Grevenberg, he had to travel to attend a meeting at the last moment. So you'll be able to hear background noise throughout this recording. We obviously didn't want to miss the opportunity to interview him. He has so many amazing things to say. So please forgive us for the background noise that you'll be able to hear. My guest today is David Grevenberg. Now, David is the CEO at the Commonwealth Games Federation, and he's held that role since 2014. He's a former competitive wrestler and has been awarded a CBE, and he now works tirelessly to build peaceful and prosperous communities globally, something that I can't wait to find out more about. David, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on the show today. Now, we're coming out of lockdown currently in the UK, and I'm just really keen to know how you've been coping with it well, all. Well, I'm <laughs> really nice to be here, Angela, and it's, uh, it's a real pleasure to, uh, to meet you and to have the opportunity to speak with you today. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly been a journey over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many times I've used the word unprecedented, and I actually have read a fact to myself that I'm, I try to, to limit that, to the use of that word. <laughs> Never <laughs> say it again. A, I know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, you know, look, I think uh, it, it's, on one side, um, it's been very grounded. I said to someone, I haven't been this grounded since high school. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, in, in terms of really having my feet on the ground, I, I typically travel extensively, both on a weekly basis, but uh, monthly, I'm, I'm kind of around the world uh, working with uh, the Commonwealth uh, through, through sport. And so it has forced me to, to be at home longer than I've been used to. But what that, that's also done is given me a lot more time to reflect and think and reprioritize, recalibrate. And uh, th that's been a real positive. Um, I would say that where it's been uh, more challenging has been on the side of uh, working too much uh, in, in the sense of I'm not working from home. I'm living at work. And, ah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a good and point. It's, it's, and that's, that, that has been something I've had to be really cognizant of, you know, from 7, 7 a.m. starts to, you know, 11 p.m. finishes. Uh, that's, yeah, that's been, it's been pretty, uh, you know, uh, re relentless. So that's, and it's because of the nature of what the work that we do, you know, when, uh, when we're going to bed, uh, New Zealand is waking up, um, and, you know, when it's mid, mid flight in the Caribbean. So, you know, in terms of uh, midday and so I'm, I'm yeah. having to kind of uh, continue to run a global organization from, uh, from, 
you know the comfort of my home <laughs> which sometimes can be a bit uh, a bit uncomfortable but uh, at the same time I, I think we've managed to get uh, through through it and I've actually learned a lot about myself but also about things um, you know I can do smarter and recalibrate on um, as we move and uh, and and less expensive as well um, yes. as we move forward. <laughs> Yeah, that, that kind of time to reflect has really helped us all, I think, to look at our ways of working and is there anything that we can do differently? Indeed. So that's always a benefit. Now, I I mean, your whole career just sounds absolutely fascinating and I'm sure we'll cover some of the aspects of it, but I really want to get you into the success mindset right from the outset of this conversation. And so I have this thing called the shake your pom-poms moment, um, right. which is about you being able to be your own cheerleader and um, share with us, if you don't mind, your three proudest moments. Oh, well, you know, I think one is uh, getting a wrestling scholarship to, to university, um, which really enabled me to move uh, from my hometown of New Orleans in the States and go and pursue my education, but also uh, continue to pursue my dreams in, in sport. And that was, uh, uh, that was you know, really a special moment when I when I found out that I had uh, achieved that. And, and in the States, that is a, you know, that's quite formal because of our astronomical uh, tuition fees. And uh, but but also many uh, athletic careers, uh, you know, start and end in high school. And so to be able to continue that, that on to university and beyond was, uh, mm. was something that was fantastic. And I felt really, really fortunate. And so that was something I was uh, really, really proud of. Uh, second, the birth of my children um and that's, uh, yeah and that's you know that's uh not to sound overly cliche but you know that is uh just you know it it, it was one of the most defining moments in my life um mm. gave me such perspective in terms of the world is not all about me <laughs> and uh i and i continue and i continue and i continue to learn from them every Every single day, which is which has been just uh, a, a blessing. How many uh, and then, children have you got, David? I have two children. I have a boy wow. and a girl, and uh, they're, they're they're now in their their teens, mid and late teens, and uh, yeah, no, they're just uh, you know I'm, I'm so proud of both of them and, and what they're achieving in their own wow. in their own lives and, and own right, and yeah, I'm just I feel very fortunate to be a part of their life. And then and then really, I'd have to say, uh, Glasgow 2014. The opening ceremony of uh, the Glasgow 2014 Commonwealth Games uh, really was, you know, one of the proudest moments uh, in in my certainly in my career and, and probably in my life. From the point of having worked so intensely and being so immersed in a project with 46,000 people under your duty of care as a wow. chief executive, it's you know it 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 really focuses the mind. But then also having 71 nations and territories engage in a amazing celebration commemoration and just uh you know a call to action was incredible and that call to action we one of the things that we did in the opening ceremony is we partnered with unicef and raised 6.5 million pounds which was a global first to wow. change to change the lives of children and so all of those component pieces you know in, in, in addition to being able to attract the likes of usain bolt to the event the event yeah. being really regarded as a as a as a as a success, um, I felt very lucky to 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 have the role I had in it and and to have played that role um, and just be a part of that 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 moment and uh, have really found a, a newfound home in in Scotland as a result of that. 
And I mean, talk about an anchor point for your life. The the pride I can imagine flowing through your body in that moment, standing in the opening ceremony arena. I mean, ever you have a bad day moving forward, you can go back to that, can't you? I do, and that's and that is something that you know you just you putting things in perspective. It it again it taught me, it gave me a, a great de- degree of confidence in that mm-hmm. um, I I really felt like I didn't have to prove myself to myself anymore. Yes, um, which was quite important was that I actually for for the first time have had had a sense of being content and fulfilled. You know, in terms of while well, you're you're actually you know, competent and capable and, you know, and with the capacity that I had to to do that, you know, can, can accomplish what you set out to accomplish. And that's even, even with my, my sporting career and the motivations around that in terms of, you know, running to be better. It was the first time I really felt that at that moment that, wow, I'm really, really proud of what we've achieved and I can, really you know sit back and and really start to see how do i empower and and respect and protect and promote others and that was yes. you know, yeah so there was a, there was there was certainly a turning point uh, for me through that that whole journey to glasgow 2014 but then particularly once glasgow 2014 had the success it had it's uh it really was a it was really a a a launch pad for me that's so powerful so that realization in that moment that you had reached the point where you were enough that becomes the point where you're then able to give to other people to empower other people because you're not constantly striving to reach that good enough potential Exactly. And you, you really start to, to move beyond kind of your selfish endeavors yeah. and really start to, it, we, we all talk a great game when it comes to that, but I think really being able to, to do that with, with the right confidence and right perspectives. I learned so much mm-hmm. and, you know, I had so many people who kept me in check and, you know, there's a wonderful expression here in Scotland that says, that, you know, people don't let you get too far past your post. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it, you know, we'll, we'll pull you back. Uh, if, Feet uh, on the ground. If, <laughs> feet on the ground exactly you know off the high horse uh, which is which yeah. is great and so I, and i think from that that perspective you know if you if you look at things through maslow's hierarchy uh-huh. you know the first two you know the, of the five stages of uh, up the pyramid those first two stages you know in terms of our physical needs you know when those are met then we get into this kind of psychological you know duel with ourselves and yes. you know the, the what i've really realized is that where people are probably most held back from really going to the final stage of self-actualization is the stage before, and that is esteem. We let our Mm. egos get the best of us. Absolutely. uh, And, you know, we either don't keep them in check or or we, you know, or we don't know how to manage our ego and uh, the esteem that comes with that, both uh, low esteem or, or high esteem can be very volatile. And I think, you know, going through various experiences in our lives helps us to, uh, you know, to manage that. And so when you get to a place of balance, really only then are you able to really self-actualize. And I would say that I, I don't think I understood what self-actualization really was until Glasgow 2014. It's amazing. It's brilliant to hear you talk about it. And I wonder whether there are moments post-2014 where you still have to remind yourself of that. Because is it easy to kind of get back to that place of low self-esteem sometimes? Yeah, you know, I think it's, I I think I, I, 
I always keep myself in check and I always try to give people the social license to challenge me. Yeah. And that I really I have a firm belief that positions of authority are not merely titles. They are they are earned roles mm-hmm. that uh we are privileged to inherit, but you, 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 you have to earn respect just because you have a title and a role doesn't mean people are going to give you respect and doesn't mean that people are going to uh, uh, necessarily do what you, you want them to do. Mm-hmm. And that and that takes, that takes a lot of, a lot of self-reflection and, and reminding yourself that, you know, that you are a part of the puzzle and not the entire puzzle and that you need to, know when to lead and when to follow. And so one of some of the things I've tried to do over the years is to by keeping myself in check in a number in a number of ways is, you know, it, when when the when the times are tough, I like to lead from the front and and take the arrows for the team and shape the organization mm-hmm. and and uh, and really, you know, forge ahead. When times are great, I like to lead from behind and empower and 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 really celebrate the success of my team. And so that's something for me that has really worked over the years to really okay, is this a time to to lead from the front or is this a time to lead from the back and and let others lead? And that's that's been a really really important lesson over the past several years, and particular mm-hmm. particularly with the work that I do with the Commonwealth, because quite often. The systems we've developed in sport, in governments, in in organizing committees, and in most institutions are cultures of hierarchy. Yes. And in the case, or, or patriarchal hierarchies. Yeah. You know, and and we're we're in a place now because of social media, because of our um, digital connectivity, that those traditional hierarchical constructs are no longer. No, no longer uh, kind of the basis in which people interact and build cultures. Agree. And and so you know it, what that has forced you know me to do is to really keep keep myself in check as mm. we you know as I as I try to get the best out of myself and and my team and, and, it, and of course it, and the people I serve. So uh, yeah, and it is that service mindset, isn't it? In terms of you are there to support the people that work with you and and serve your customers, your clients, your athletes, rather Correct. than you being the center of the universe. And and it's a, a real demonstration that you've got that imbalance. It's brilliant to hear. Exactly. And that's now, and so yeah, it's which is you know, and and I have to say, I think that is something that uh, you know is is not. Some days you do it better than others. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, and I think one of the things I've learned uh, through the through the years is that uh, is that we need to ultimately have uh, rest <laughs> and downtime uh-huh. uh, is is critical, uh, and I still struggle with that. You know, in terms of. <laughs> But I, I, I think today, now, better than ever, I, I, I recognize the value of sleep. <laughs> sleep, is, sleep is important to any, any type of leadership. Absolutely. We all need the rest. It's just taking Absolutely. it, as you say, can sometimes be a challenge. Now, yes. I'm really keen to get under the skin of the pivot point because an athlete, you were a professional athlete uh, in wrestling, and there must come a point, of course, there does come a point when you can't do that anymore because of age and, and different things. 
and you have to pivot and find a different way of working. And there are lots of people out there in corporate careers who are wondering about retraining. Indeed, I was one of them a few years ago. How do you lean into that, lean into the idea that you can't do what you used to do anymore and you have to do something different and actually make that happen? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I allowed myself, when I worked for the International Paralympic Committee, um, and I was a, a, a young parent as well, and realized that I'm half the man I used to be <laughs> in some places and twice the man in others. I quickly realized I, I needed to, when I actually moved to Glasgow for the Games, I needed to, to find a little bit uh, more of a life balance in some, in some respects. And so when I, when I, when I started, was doing uh, something similar to wrestling, but uh, not rest, not as not, not as explosive, or <laughs> or in some cases uh, uh, dramatic as wrestling, and that was uh, jujitsu. Um, okay. And uh, it's a particular form of uh, jujitsu, which is Brazilian jujitsu, and and that uh, really really became a a, a critical um, a critical part to uh, to my well being. Um, and it just gave me such perspective. And there were so many things I've been able to actually uh, carry carry over mm-hmm. to my my working life and my personal life from jiu-jitsu. So it was actually, after studying different martial arts, I knew I wanted to kind of get back on the mat, so to speak. But I, I knew that I wouldn't, I was going to be perpetually frustrated. <laughs> So how did the, the kind of the lessons from jiu-jitsu then shape you into becoming the CEO for the Commonwealth Games? How do you make that transition? Well, jiu-jitsu uh, is, you know, really fundamentally about establishing a connection with your opponent. Um, um, and what that, uh, you know, so connection in business, connection, you can't, you can't understand what someone ultimately needs once or or where they're heading unless you have a connection um good or bad you need to connect uh-huh. <laughs> and so so connection is critical the other fundamental piece to jiu-jitsu is uh, allowing yourself to feel direction so it's really being aware of am i being pulled or pushed in a certain direction Okay. Um, and that that becomes with uh, you know, and that's and that's understanding the difference, you know, and that's you know being pulled is like okay, am I hesitant? Being pushed, wait a you know, uh, you know, I'm, you know, am I am I being taken uh, taken somewhere I don't necessarily want to go? Um, and so that's a that's critical. Having that that level of self awareness is is really important. The other the the, the third kind of principle that I, I've noticed has a direct parallel is pressure. Is it um, in the direction that we're going, is it um, a heavy pressure or a light pressure? Is okay. it a strong yank? Is it a, is a, is it a, is it a soft nudge? It, and these types of uh, you know, awareness points, both physical, mental, and kind of uh, psychosocial, are actually quite critical in group dynamics and teamwork and, and so forth. And then finally is about breathing. And that's it. So when you're when you have someone who's a you know who is uh, on top of you attacking you and, and grappling, your ability to stay stay calm mm-hmm. under different conditions is critical. So breathing becomes a critical uh, element 
to uh, being able to either increase my tempo or decrease my tempo and stay calm in any given situation. So I've been able to find parallels to, to leadership mm. and getting the best out of groups and so forth just through uh, jiu-jitsu. I'm going to see now about adversity um, because I'm a great believer that when we experience adversity, although it's difficult at the time, we learn a lot from it and it shapes how we move forward. Have yes. you had experiences adver of adversity along the way and what's that meant for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, in, various, in various ways. I mean, when I was, a, when I was young, uh, growing up in New Orleans, you know, I, I, the, you know and this is very topical and has been most of my life is, uh, you know, the, the issues around racism mm. uh, in uh, the, the deep south of the United States, um, the legacy of slavery all around you, yet no one talks about it or wants to talk about it. And it is, you know, literally the elephant in the room your entire life. And you mm. kind of just tolerate, tolerate these behaviors and prejudice and bias and the whole notion of privilege and so forth. And I think um, one of the things that was great was that what transcended that for me was the sport of wrestling. I played American football as well. I ran track, um, did a couple of other sports, but uh, wrestling in particular, you know, saw no, no barriers, didn't see, didn't see race, didn't see yeah. um, really any differences in terms of socioeconomic uh, background or anything. And it was what you put into it is what, uh, is what, you, what you got from it. Um, and from, from that standpoint, I felt incredibly fortunate to, to be able to develop skills to deal with all types of adversity, whether that was being in situations where people were deriving conflict or adversarial, standing up for principles. The notion of daring, daring greatly, daring yes. greatly it, taught, it taught me quite, quite a bit. Uh, I, had a, I had a career ending injury to my, my right knee. And that's to, you know, when, you're, when something becomes so, so much a part of your identity and sense of belonging. Yes. And ends from one day to the next, being able to pick up the pieces quickly, that adversity, recovering from that, um, the trauma that came with that in some respects was something that I had to work through as well. And, How, and, and learned a lot. Oh. How do you do that? I mean, um, that's a huge thing to happen for an athlete. Yeah, it's well, and it's 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 something that lives with you every day. Yeah. You don't you don't I don't I don't necessarily you, you always recover, but you you learn and you learn how to to cope accept and mm. accept. And I think that that's it. You know, really acknowledging and accepting, and continuing to find other. Uh, I, I call it ridge walking. Nice. It's. And the reason is, is that it's important not to get sucked down into valleys yeah. and have a number of ridges by which you can jump to and work to. Because if you put, if you put all of your energy on one bell curve, when your passion meets your obsession, mm. as soon as you go beyond the point of passion and you become obsessive with something, you actually start to have diminishing returns. Yeah. And and actually the risk when you fail or something goes off the rails or you simply just can't perform the way you used to in that. If you don't have another ridge to jump jump to, you will ine inevitably go into a valley. You're and permanent failure, aren't you? I think you know, mm. it's, it's, it's understanding, it's developing skills to identify when you need to, when you have diminishing returns and when 
you know, you can you can effectively jump to that next uh, that next ridge versus get sucked down into the valley. Um, it's, and that's been something that's been absolutely critical is to learn those skill sets. But I can tell you, it took a long time <laughs> to, <laughs> to accept. And there were some really low points, you know, in terms of uh, having to recover. And instead of you know, the same discipline and effort and tenacity and probably obsessiveness in some some cases uh, that I had in my you know athletic career I've put into my work and 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 had uh, similar success and 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 also you know failures which of course wow. you inevitably learn from but of course when you have that level of disappointment and and subsequently need to build up the resilience to cope with that it, it then charges you doesn't it for for what comes next and and yes. you recognize that you have the capability to deal with what's thrown at you because you've already faced into the worst thing that could um so it's yeah it's remarkable that actually building that bounce back ability over time yeah i think that's it is that we, we are we all have rings and bark <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, so we've, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've got our calluses to show, you know, the, uh, the strength of our labor, um, mm. but we also have uh, rings or wrinkles to, to show the, the, the experience of time. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I, I, and I, and we do also, I think those trees that stand the test of time have, have deep roots mm. so that they can be flexible in the wind. And oh. I think the more honest, the more honest we are with ourselves, the deeper our roots go. If we can look back at ourselves and look at our past and look at what we've what we've done, both successfully or unsuccessfully. There's a wonderful um, uh, social justice uh, champion, Brian Stevenson, um, that uh, has a wonderful say. We are all greater than the worst thing that we have done. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's almost a license to go beyond uh, those things that we are not proud of, those Probably, things that yeah. we, we distinguish our failures, but also look for the things that we are able to achieve. Um, mm. And, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot, there's lots of points that I have uh, really pulled upon and learned from others that uh, really, you know, set with, uh, with really set with my priorities and the way that I manage uh, both my leadership now but also myself as a student it's just fascinating talking to you because yeah, I'm, there's so much learning there in terms of what you've been through and and the challenges and the learnings that you've had and and it's going to help lots of people I think to be able to resonate and to to take some of your your learnings and apply them to their own lives so your openness is is really valuable um now we're at the point in the podcast now where I put you under immense pressure great I know and I reckon you know you're gonna take this in your stride this is just like jumping onto another ridge it'll all be good (laughs) great now you're gonna have five seconds to give me three answers to my question so are you ready for this? I'm, I'll try. Okay. <laughs> Born ready. Okay. So, David, we're going to play the five-second game rule. And in the five-second game rule, I would love it if you could give me three things that you are grateful for. Oh, goodness. Food, friends, <laughs> and family. The three Fs. <laughs> yep. I love it. <laughs> 
and let's do another one. So in the five second game rule, can you give me your three favorite places in the world? Oh, goodness. Brazil, uh, New Orleans and Scotland. Oh, so two of those are places where you call home. I love that. And and then, David, we are on to the ultimate question. Now, you've given us so many nuggets already, so I wonder whether you're going to pull from them. But, but in your mind and in your experience, what do you believe is the absolute secret to success? Oh, forgiveness. <gasps> and, yeah, for, forgiveness and confidence. Forgiveness. Do you know what? This is the first time on the podcast I've heard that word forgiveness as part of the secret to success. Let me just probe that a little bit. Is that forgiveness of others or forgiveness of yourself? Both. Both. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to learn how to forgive yourself for not being perfect or always meeting the ideals that that, uh, you set out. But you also need to learn how to forgive others. Absolutely. David, have have you written a book? Not yet, but uh, it's oh. been uh, it's been on the it's it's been on the uh, the cards for some time. So it's <laughs> it'll I, be yeah. in the making. There's a book in you. I can just feel it. <laughs> <laughs> All of this wonderful wisdom needs to be on a page um, oh, for you. people to read. Because I think you're absolutely right. That forgiveness piece is certainly the thing that I experience most in my coaching room. When you can get to that place, it is so freeing. Um, and and allows you to just be who you want to be. Yeah. So I just love the fact that you've brought that, and then and then coupling that with confidence as well. Yeah, I think confidence is something that uh, is it takes courage. It takes courage, mm. and it takes uh, you know, it's it's tough. It's really really, mm. it's really tough, and that's something I I I have a uh, often uh, challenge myself, you know with is that am I displaying a sense of confidence and is it because I'm fearful of something or because I have an interest in something and not allowing myself to be overly anxious or Mm. overly self-absorbed or interested in anything getting that harness you know the control and harnessing effect to be able to get the best out of myself and others I've always found that that's quite important and Forgiveness, so many are held back um, because of often uh, passive aggressive behavior or self-preservation mm-hmm. in groups and teams because people either don't know when to let go or don't know how yes. to forgive. Absolutely. It, I mean, it, you've just hit the nail on the head for me. I think, uh, you know, if you could put that on a meme um, and share that everywhere <laughs> on social media, that is the one thing everybody could live by. I think it's amazing. Um, it's just been a joy to have you Thank on you. the show. And, and we could have gone off in so many different directions in, in half an hour. It's so not long enough. Um, so maybe we'll have you back on it at another point. We did lose well, you a I'd couple of to. times. Hopefully it won't have affected the um, the experience because everything that you did say when I did have you um, was fun, was just fabulous. So thank you, David. Well, thank you, Angela. Well, it's a it's a real pleasure and uh, happy to, to to tackle a particular topic with you or <laughs> or uh, yeah, just uh, shoot the breeze as they say. It's uh, been been really a pleasure to to speak with you today. Thank you very much. You take good care. Great. Thank you so much. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. 
If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.